Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Right here tonight. The Delicious chicken. It was repot. It was repot. It's professional professional. wrestling. Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast is Cheap Heat. And uh, it's a big week. Big week for sure of Cheap Heat with a lot to get to. We'll bring in the physically large Stack Eye Greg, who I may be wearing a collar shirt under a T-shirt today. I'm not. I'm not. That's not happening. That's not happening. It's just a long sleeve shirt. No, that's not happening. It's just a long sleeve shirt. But do you see the shirt that I am wearing, which I feel like is very appropriate uh, for today? I do. You're seeing the McMahon versus Khan shirt that our friend, who made that for us again? I can't remember who made it for us, but they, I think it's only five made, right? Special edition and size. It was, it, was a, it was a gentleman. My size is physically, physically extra large. Physically extra large. But you are wearing a collar shirt under it. No, I'm not. What is that? Oh, so it's another T-shirt. It's a long sleeve T. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Now SGG. Um, where do we? Stop. Where is there anything outside the ring? Uh, well, uh, besides the Pat Patterson, which we'll get to, is there anything else to get to outside the ring? I think it, it is just the Pat Patterson that we uh, we need to get to. Who passed Man. away yesterday? Yeah, I guess we'll start. I guess you start there. Pat Patterson, the uh, first ever Intercontinental Champion. A, a can I use the word Maven? Um, How do you define Maven, SUG? I'm only thinking of when you said Maven, Maven. I thought of the wrestler. The wrestler. You're thinking of the wrestler Maven. Yeah, don't don't use Maven if we because it's an expert or connoisseur. Um, so maybe that's not the right word. Um, that's not what I was looking for. He is. Um, he was a true, true inspiration. Yeah. Um, you know, being openly gay in the wrestling world for a a long time. Um. So he's an icon of the LGBTQ community, whether whether they're aware of it or not. Um, <laughs> certainly wrestling fans are um, uh, and wrestling fans of the LGBTQ community certainly are aware of Pat Patterson's uh, role. And there's so many layers to look at it because you can look at him in that sense um, and how inspiring that is. You can look at how his, his run just as a tag team star with Ray Stevens as the first intercontinental champion, his his popularity in the Bay. Um, and the north and the north uh, and throughout the west and then all the way here having a long time run with the wwwf um then you can also think about him as a an on-air talent in in his later run of course where he was hilarious as one of vince mcmahon's yeah. stooges um but probably sg would you say his most important role is the mind that he had and that he used behind the scenes and the way he mentored others that's prob and that goes all the way from 
you know, wrestlers of today, Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, mm -hmm. to The Rock, to Vince McMahon. That's yeah. the, he was the consigliere. He really was. Whoever your favorite is, uh, Pat Patterson had a, a large role behind the scenes. I don't want to say not getting credit because they certainly they certainly recognize it. But it, it's just more like you said, like a consigliere, like unknown to most people without doing some digging. Just how influential Pat Patterson was for everybody. He really was an incredibly special guy. Um, I just, I feel, I posted a picture on Instagram of him talking to John Cena. And I said, this is how I always saw him. And it's true. He, he was active. I was, I, I feel like my first run with WWE in 2017 and 18 was sort of his last real run being regular there. It kind of ended around the same time uh, I stopped working there, I think. Um, and so I would see him at every pay-per-view. And you saw you know, him at TakeOver Chicago too, right? That was a story I remember you telling. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the, UK, the UK match, the Tyler yeah. Bate match. Yeah, the, the, the story of watching him watch Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne and then the conversation he had with Tyler Bate and I was watching him watch the match and then I watched him approach them and yeah. he was at a point at that point where maybe it wasn't even about that they were at that point they were UK stars like they weren't really NXT even yet they were brand new so he didn't have the relationship yet so I watched him kind of go up and meet them for maybe the first time because I remember watching them be sort of taken aback by him approaching them um and I was just so lucky to, to get to watch that. And I would pick his brain and ask him questions when I'd see him. I never, I can't say I had a relationship with him. I don't think he had any clue who I was. I felt every <laughs> time I saw him, I was starting over again from zero, but I didn't care. I would always just ask a question or, you know, ask what he thought about something or, you know, um, there were, there were some cigarettes shared outside of after parties and things of that nature where I, I wouldn't even bring up wrestling, but he would just be there and he's a friendly guy and he'd chat him up, you know? Um, but he was a, this one has to really hurt for Vince. This yeah. has to be really, really, I mean, he is, he has had a lot of sad goodbyes. This one must really, really hurt. Um, Cause I mean, you think about everybody who, Sure, Vince brought in Hogan and he brought in Brett and there are guys who like came in, you know, sure there are guys who were like, you know, Monsoon who he lost along the way. But Pat was there probably from the moment he showed up to today, which is is a long time. Like it's a long stretch of time. It's like from the 70s to now and Pat was around. Who else has that? Like, it's just Briscoe that you could think of that was just like there. And Briscoe's not there. I yeah. mean, he's live. Um, yeah, I mean, there are people who have been around for a long time, but not who had Vince's true respect in that way. Mm -hmm. There are still some people who have been around for a very long time. Um, but that level of respect... Um, you know, I saw Jonathan Coachman was doing a live yesterday. Shout out to Coach. I think he does a live every day on his Twitter at noon about sports. But yesterday I heard him talking about Pat Patterson. I jumped in to see what he was going to say. And he was saying that Pat was one of the few people 
who would tell Vince that something sucked. <laughs> which, you know? which is so needed, not just for Vince. Everybody needs that. Every boss, every boss needs someone who will go, nah, that ain't it. Yeah. You know, and there aren't a lot of people who like to say things ain't it. Um, Pat invented the Royal Rumble. I mean, you talk about this man's imprint on wrestling. It's gigantic. It's it's from, you know, the role he played with guys like Rocky, the inventing the Royal Rumble, putting together iconic matches, um, being an uh, an LGBTQ icon, first IC champion, Vince's consigliere. I mean, he's just. He, especially considering he's not a mainstream star, right? He's not like he's not thought of as like a Hulk Hogan or somebody like that, or like I mean, a Randy Savage. People, you have to know wrestling, know who Pat Patterson is. Yeah, and even from his era too, I feel like you know Pat O'Connor might have been a bigger star, and like Buddy Rogers and those guys. Yeah, he wasn't the biggest of, of my guy Harley yeah. Race might have been a bigger star than Pat Patterson for sure. Um, Zabisco. Yeah. San Martino. Um, he wasn't the absolute top tier. He was the, listen, he won the IC title, not, not the big title. <laughs> yeah. He was a tag champion. He was an intercontinental champion and he did it all, all over the place, but you know, he wasn't the high. That's what another thing that makes him so, so special. He was just a real workers worker. Um, and then had the, just the mind of a, of a genius. So rest in peace, Pat Patterson and how interesting it is to talk about Pat Patterson in a week in which the biggest news relates to a company trying do it trying to do some different things um and then we can get into what those things are and how they were done so first of all if you're listening right now there will be spoilers for AEW this week and unlike some of my friends in my group chat and not just my group chat, by the way, my boy Louie hit me up and did the same thing. Yo, people, if they're so, so right now, I want you to know if you are, have not watched AEW yet, pause. I'm not going to tell you to come back later because it'll probably be the rest of the podcast. So watch yeah. and come back. <laughs> yeah. That's it. They watch and come back because right, starting from this point on, we are going to so, talk. Spoiler alert. It's on. We just, it's the lid's it's off. It. So here we go. Sting is on AEW. Okay. So let's just get that out there right now. Let's start out with how horrible it is that I have multiple friends who just blurted it out and, and even in blur. Okay. So Louie is the second worst. <laughs> King Louie sent me a text that just said sting exclamation point. Okay. That's bad, but I could mean anything. It could mean anything. It, it could, could be that he also passed away. It could mean that he NXT up anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AW yeah. WWE tweeted he's coming back. It could be anything. So that's not that bad. But and Gold told us in our chat in a way that was like nonsensical. It, I didn't even understand what he was saying. There was no. It was <laughs> so. So there was no warning, but it was a screenshot of a text that he got from his mother-in-law. At that, and I'm still so baffled at the fact that his mother-in-law was watching AEW first. So, of be, all. because he lived with his in-laws for a while, the father-in-law now watches. So, I guess the mother-in-law 
was watching. So okay. the way that it was revealed to us that Sting came back to wrestling and not to WWE, but to their competitor, it was revealed through a screenshot of a text message from his mother-in-law. Yeah. What the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> I love that. I love the screenshot too. <laughs> what does it say? Who is Sting? Why such a big to do? And then he explains to her that he was a, a rival for um, Hulk Hogan in the WWF. And like he was big in the nineties and he goes, Oh, well he's back. Evidently is what she said. <laughs> Oh, so so she may have ruined it for him initially. Possibly, possibly. And he just sends that text message to the group. SGG, as God is my witness, it's reasonable to consider removal from the Jew World Order text. Oh my goodness! I'm not. It's it's. I'm not. I'm not going to bring. Let me say it this way. I'm not going to bring that to a vote. I'm not suggesting I'm going to. I'm not. I'm not. I would vote against removal, Andrew. I would vote against removal. And so would I. I also would vote against removal. Okay. But if someone were to bring this to the table for grounds for a vote, it would be reasonable. That is a horrifying. Come on. We need to say who would bring it for a vote. Dip would bring it for a vote. Dip would bring it for a vote. And he'd vote in favor. He would vote for removal. I I called Dipperstein immediately after this while I was sitting there stewing that this was ruined. I called Dipperstein and said, Hey, have you looked at the Jew World Order chat? Dipperstein's like, no. I was no. like, don't look. Do not look. There's something you will want to see, and you will be irate if you look. He's like, oh, my God, thank you. He was like, just type a whole bunch of exclamation points in the chat so I can't even see it when I do go back there. Calls me after I call him five minutes later. Honestly, thank you for giving me that heads up. That's like really a nice thing. I won't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> it was truly yo sgg let, let listen two weeks ago when sgg and dip disagreed about survivor series dip went into full-blown angry name calling mode where do yeah. you think he would have gone here oh my god i don't know i think it, it might have been worse it would have been he would i i think he would have cursed at andrew and been like what the f is wrong with you dude and this Seriously, is the other thing what too. the f is wrong with you this is the other thing too so I get yelled at and cursed at in court a lot. So dip yelling and cursing the name calling didn't phase me in the slightest. I think Angel might have been rattled. By me? No, by dip. If dip oh, if it happened. Into like so I, was gonna say, I hope I didn't say anything. To, I, I did. You could tell I was annoyed, right? Yes. So I feel bad. Andrew ended up apologizing. He was like, apologies. And I was like, it's cool. I just was. It's Sting returning, for God's sake, even if it was bad. And I think all of us except Dipperstein agree it was bad. <laughs> it's still it's worth its moment. OK, yeah. it's we're, we're, let's all let's not say it could it, it, it didn't have the potential to be awesome. It had the potential to be awesome. So let's start there. Um, Sting is in AEW. I can't help but just be SGG. You know what this makes me feel? What's that? More anger about The Undertaker. Farewell. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even talk about that because last week we did the full, you know, it was all about dips, merchandise, and boxes and things. But yeah, the, I mean, when you brought up the potential of Sting facing off against The Undertaker, I'm going to be honest, and I said this on the show last week, or not last week, but whenever you brought it up, the only way I would be interested in it is if it was a cinematic affair where they can get 50 takes and it can be 
perfect and flawless. Which is totally doable. It is. And that's the only way I want to see Sting or The Undertaker. Him feuding with Bray Wyatt would definitely, I feel like, give us the cinematic type of thing. But Sting in AEW and then walking out to the ring in front of a live crowd, it doesn't excite me. It doesn't excite me at all. And I know well, some why, people, but they could still have a cinematic match. Why you don't want to have them show up at, to show up at all? Well, they can still do a cinematic match. I, I don't mean, want to because I feel like they they put themselves they're at a crossroads now, right? It's a real catch twenty two because with the way they debuted him, I feel like he almost has to have a match. You can't debut him like that and then have him be like a manager or like a mentor or something like that. Because for that, they could have just had him in the rafters. You know what I mean? So, so let's just say, let me just say this, SUG. I want to give them, I'm going to be critical of several things here about AW today, but I want to start with props. I props give them for getting props. Sting. Getting him and trying things. Okay. Yeah. I want to say unequivocally, I appreciate that they try things. And I hope that this leads to WWE trying more things. Uh, yes, yes, and no, because this is a thing that WWE tries. I don't mean just this though, because we got into the other thing they tried to. Right, because which WWE, was also interesting. Very WWE interesting. Does bring in older talent and nostalgia acts, and they try it with I'll say about fifty percent success rate. So, By the way, that's fine. It's this fine. is not a thing WWE needs to try more of because who's left to bring in? You know what I mean? Especially if it's for a match. I, I guess I'm being, you're right. When it comes to this specific thing. Don't try uh, it, WWE. You have too many good new up and coming stars. You don't need to. No, I disagree. I always want surprises. Get rid of the new stars. Throw them in the garbage. Give me the old ones. I, I'm here for <laughs> they, me. They will do that in April. You know they will do that in April. Good. I'm ready yes, for April. Season, you know they're going to do it. No, no. I'm, not, I'm joking about throwing the new stars in the garbage, but I always think there's room to bring in legendary vets the problem that many people had was they got sick of seeing goldberg guess what i was never a goldberg fan the first time around mm -hmm. that's the problem i didn't really particularly pop to see goldberg come back because i'd never pop for goldberg except for that he was jewish besides that and by the way I, I mean the fact that he, i didn't love him and he was a jewish superstar is probably telling about the the gimmick or lack thereof for me i just mean SGG, not the specific bringing back a nostalgia act. You're 100% right. WWE does not need help doing that. They do that. But it's about, in this case, um, AEW probably really had to fight and put up some big money and try to make a moment. And I appreciate them doing it. That being said, the moment was repug. It, it, mm -hmm. it, from the very beginning, there's a beatdown of Cody Rhodes happening. Yo, I need someone who knows more about wrestling than me to explain. What is it that AEW does wrong about these beatdowns that there's no feeling of uh, anything that could be climactic? It's never there in those beatdowns. So when the beatdown of Cody's happening, you kind of get the hint they might be about to do something, but you're not caring. You're not like, oh, my God, what's happening here? It's it's sort of like they can't do a beatdown, right? Their schmazes are wrong. There's something about the beatdown and the schmaz that is fundamentally wrong in AEW. I don't know if it's an agent issue. I don't know if it's a writer issue. But, like, do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't feel right. 
No, I don't. I know exactly what you're saying. It doesn't elicit the emotion of like, it doesn't draw you in the way that it should for the Sting moment to feel as monumental as Tony Schiavone sold it to be. Well, and then don't get me started on Schiavone. Don't get me started. Did I already open the door? Did I already open you the door? opened Pandora's box. <laughs> it, this, this, yo, guys. The, the announcers did bother me with the Sting thing too, though. Like, what? Uh, Tony Schiavone is doing an impression of 1998 Tony Schiavone. And it really irks me. Last night is, oh my God, it's Sting! It's Sting! I, I know he doesn't care. I don't feel it. I, I just, there's only one person in the booth who you really feel still cares. Excalibur. Mm -hmm. And he is the third voice. By the way, before I get tweets and people trying to start problems between me and Jim Ross, who I have undying respect for, okay? I don't need Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone to sound like they care the way they did when it was 1995. There's no way they could care the same way they care now that they cared in 1995. I don't need it. I don't expect it. I don't even want it. What I want AEW to do is produce the booth properly so Excalibur is the one who can get the spots where you need the care and the passion because Excalibur does feel that way. This is his first major gig. He's hyped as hell. I want Excalibur to have those moments and then let JR and Shivani spice things up. Instead, instead they basically have three play-by-play -play guys without one true analyst in the booth. I know I used to give so much props for what they've done. And I love that they hired Shivani and JR. Zero problem with it. They both should be there. Shivani needs to put on a full suit and stop it with the jeans and the jacket. It'll look horrible. Besides that, though, I love that Shivani and JR's voices are on there. No issue. So don't come for me on that. But guys, it felt forced last night having Shivani screaming over and over again. That was a moment for Excalibur. They tried to go too hard on the nostalgia. And instead of it feeling nostalgic, SGG, what it felt like was a poor attempt at recreating the past. Yeah. Yes, it did. And then, too, it's my issue with it was, you know, we get they, they said this on Dynamite, right? We're not going to insult your intelligence when the guy has a history. We'll bring it up. And then they say Sting. We haven't seen Sting in 18 years. On Sting TNT. Was, Sting was on Impact. They make no mention that he's an Impact Hall of Famer. That would have been a good tie-in to what happens later in the show, don't you think? That's, that's a great point. Because even if you don't bring up WWE. He was on Impact for so long after he, he was. He, no, no. He was, he was Sting. Guess what? Sting was to Impact what Sting was to WCW. Yeah. <laughs> exact same thing. 100%. You don't he's even gone. have to mention his two years and three matches or whatever it was in WWE. His, you know, he's a WWE Hall of Famer. Fine. You don't have to mention it at all. Mention that he's an Impact Hall of Famer. Make Impact feel like a big a deal great point. so that when you That's get a great to the point. end of the show, people are not like, oh, now I have here. to watch Tuesdays. I have to watch Impact. You know what I mean? Like, so, so I just want to say props. I'm glad they got Sting. It's a, it's a great get for them. Great get. There's an opportunity there. Uh, I did not like the execution of it. Um, and listen, um, there have been plenty of returns. You guys know how many times we've crushed WWE for not making the returns exciting, for giving it away on Twitter. For we've, we've, I, I have hammered them 
for messing up surprises before. This was a legit surprise. They didn't tip their hand at all. It was an utter and complete surprise, unless you're in our group chat. And <laughs> yet they still botched it by just, and then he comes out, SGG, what did Sting do? Why was he there? He did a lap around and then left. Just to just introduce himself, <laughs> have some stare downs. I don't know what the point was. End the show with it and have him just stand on the stage and go off the air with him standing on the stage. And then and then Tony Schiavone can do his shtick if he wants to do his shtick. The tape machines are rolling. We'll be right back. No, we'll exactly. Back. You know what I mean? We'll see you next week. Oh, yeah, my God. Exactly. But they wanted to end the show this week. I get it. Um, and it wasn't a regular show. It was Winter is Coming. It was like a pay-per-view at Jace. And they wanted to end it with the title chains between Moxley and Omega. By the way, before you go, before you get any further with that, I do have to say too that I appreciate that NXT and uh, AEW are, are doing this because NXT had Halloween Havoc a few weeks ago on on free TV. Mm-hmm. Um, Winter is coming was on free TV. Give us these like Clash of the Champions pay per view worthy type of shows on free TV every once in a while, especially if you're AEW because I, I you know the price tag for the pay-per-view still a bit off-putting, at least for me. I don't know. I know some people who... Well, yeah, now that we're used to a a WWE network world. Yeah. So, you know, shows like this on free TV, I think it it helps out a lot. So, um, that was that. Okay. Sting, don't quite understand why he returned. Next week, he'll speak. But congratulations. It's a major get, in my opinion, to have Sting. He looked pretty good, by the way. Um, let's see what they do from here. Uh, are you really excited, though, to like, I, I don't know how excited I can be because I'm dreading the idea of him being in, in the ring. And I said this when we talked about Sting Undertaker. So it's not like if he showed up on Monday or Friday, I'd be saying anything different. I, I don't know how much he can go from an in-ring standpoint. I like what pace. I just don't know what it would look like. And I don't know that I want to see it. Yeah, all fair, all fair. Um, I'm curious, but yeah, I mean, listen, we haven't seen Sting look like Ish before. He didn't look like Ish during his WWE run. He didn't, and I mean, I get that it was a freak accident, but it 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 sort of, I don't want to use the word exposed, but it 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 brought to the forefront the reality that you know he is he was old then, and that was like four years ago. Now, Dip, of course, Dip right now couldn't do the podcast, but he's weighing into our group chat as we speak. He said about the Sting return, I agree it wasn't great, but it's something. Here you go. (laughs) That's such a low bar. It's all something. No, no, I I hear what he's saying, and here's exactly what he's saying. He wrote, better than Drew McIntyre coming out and talking about how many championships Randy Orton has won. That's the most Dipperstein statement of all time. But I do hear what he's saying. In in a world in which you feel like you're getting the same thing over and over again, listen, we live for surprises. The wrestling world and surprises is a thing. So getting one is awesome. I wish it had been done better. Now they did another surprise, um, which would be the end of the show. And that would be the main event between Kenny Omega and John Moxley for the title. Now, I just want to say, I love the idea of a free TV title change. Okay. It's time for Kenny Omega to be a star. So I'm cool with it. And I'm, and it was time to get it off of Moxley. It's, it's been a long time. It's just been, it's just been a long time. I could have, I could have done six more months of Moxley. I don't care. 
Six? I could have done no, six more. Hasn't months. already been a year? Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been like 10 months. No, because he got it at the beginning of this year. So it hasn't been a year. I could have done six more months. I, I was I was relatively bored of him walking out with the title. I I I, I was. Um and yeah. You know he, this though. I I go way back with Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. I love them. I mean, it's true, and you only watch the show every month, so you could go you could do another six yeah, months. Yeah, I could do it? another two years. You do another two years. You only see <laughs> yeah. it every every you know few months. Um so I'm good with everything that played out. Can you explain the how did they explain the impact wrestling involvement? Like I was busy last night, so I tuned. They did in. not. They did not. Don Callis is from Impact. He showed up because he has a connection to Kenny Omega. What um, does Don Callis do on right now on Impact? Does anybody know? I don't watch Impact. I don't know. Is he like the president or something? I think he's just an on-air personality. He might be an owner or something. I don't. I really don't know. I'm not even going to pretend to to know what happens on Impact. I. It says I, executive I vice president of Impact. So, like that is that his character on camera? P, you're asking the right questions to the the absolute wrong guy right now. Um, let me just see what it says here. But Impact um, Wrestling. On in, on in 2017, Impact Wrestling announced Callis as promotion's new executive vice president. 2018, he did color commentary for a pay-per-view. Then he started regularly appearing alongside Josh Matthews. Um, and it now appears Callis may have become the permanent color commentator for Impact Wrestling. So it appears that he is the permanent guy so he shows up as a guest commentator last night yep because he has a strong connection to kenny omega um i think they refer to him as kenny omega's uncle i don't know if that's kayfabe i'm pretty sure that's kayfabe but just that they're very pretty close sure you're correct they're very they're just very close and have been for a long time and then so he he gets involved when it appears that kenny omega is hurt towards the end of the match throws Kenny Omega a foreign object, which Kenny Omega uses despite him and Moxley coming to a, a gentleman's agreement. That was his idea, by the way, <laughs> that they don't use any weapons in the match. Kenny Omega is the new AEW champion. And, 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 and Callis kind of got involved through a distraction. Right. Callis threw, Callis threw him a microphone. So he threw him the mic. Okay. And then, and then like, and then he runs out afterwards. They yeah, run they, out like they're stealing the title and bringing it to impact. Yeah. Which is, I again, to Dip's point, it's something. I like that it's something. Um, I'm curious. It is a massive coup for impact. Okay. I have not watched Impact on a weekday, like actually watched an episode in years, years. So I will. I'm curious to see what they do next week. But again, sort of like the Sting thing, really cool idea. The way it came together felt sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and. They still. This is the. These are the opening moments, right? So they still have some time to get it right, make it. Yeah, exciting, totally. Sort of clean it up. But but it I'm with be, you. It could be something cool. Yeah, but I'm with you on both of these. Both of these counts in that you know, and especially you know, for Kenny Omega, it's like 
people have been waiting for this moment, right? We've been waiting for him to, to win the championship. And then we finally get to the match and none of the talk, none of the positive talk I'll say about the match is surrounding Kenny Omega. None of the positive talk around the show is surrounding Kenny Omega. It's just about, you know, what's going to happen on Impact. This is great for Impact. Impact's getting a boost. Sting. There's, Sting is overshadowing everything. All right. That's a really good point, SGG. Um, okay, by the way, we got a wrap right here, SGG. I love you. Stay mage. Enjoy yourself. That was part one of Cheap Heat for this week, the SGG side. We're going to come back tomorrow with another episode, the Dipperstein side. So I wanted to get the SGG Vantage. We couldn't get Dip on the line today. We'll get Dip tomorrow for the Dip Vantage. All right? RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. That's for your vantage point. The world's number one sports and recreation podcast. Um, We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Shouts to SGG. Shouts to Dip. The whole G World Order. Enjoy yourself. It's professional wrestling.